Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Bob Shipley and Rod Babers. Uh, guys, uh, we're going to talk a little Longhorns versus the Washington Huskies. This is going to be our prediction show. Uh, but before we actually get to the actual predictions, uh, Coach Shipley had an idea here that we're going to follow up on and try to break it down a couple of different areas. Uh, we're going to take an offensive matchup for Texas and a key defensive matchup for Texas. Uh, and kind of go through that process and really what we think. Coach, uh, I know that you wanted to get at it first, and so I'm going to let you go. You took the Texas uh, – I think you took the Texas offensive line versus the the uh, Washington defensive front. Is that accurate? Well, I think it is. I hope they don't disappoint me. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I like the way that our guys are playing. I like the way they progress throughout the year. And, you know, if we can if we can create the running lanes, you know, that we need, we, we you know, obviously it's pretty frustrating last year when we played them from a running standpoint. But but I like that matchup. I like our offensive line against the Washington defense. I think running the ball and pass protection, I feel I feel really good about it. I know they're going to throw some stuff at us that we haven't seen, but uh, I like the way we, we match up with them up front. And uh, I really am, am looking for Sark to, to, you know, try to do some things maybe at first to open things up, throw the ball a little bit, kind of get them out of sync a little bit, and then and then run the ball at him and see see how we can attack them. But um, I like I like our chances with that. Now, as you were talking about Bobby in uh, a show we did last week, the key is going to be the guy they've got coming in that nobody's seen on that defensive front. Where's he from? Uh, South Fall. Dakota. Rod, Rod's the actual one that unearthed him. His name is Zach. Oh, Durfee. Rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but he he's from he's from South Dakota State, I believe, or South Sioux Falls. Yeah. Sioux Falls. Excuse yeah. me, Sioux Falls. The other okay, the so, other area. Okay, so Rod, how do you think he? How do you see him impacting that matchup? Well, I, I think they could use him potentially in predictable passing situations. Right? I don't see them just throwing him out there um, in, in kind of standard downs. He hadn't seen any action, real game action this year. First time he's been cleared. But Kalen DeBoer uh, and Brock Hewitt claim that he's been eating up those tackles, the starting tackles for Washington in practice because he's been working on the scout team. Now, guys, uh, Roger Rosengarten, the, uh, you know, the tackle for uh, – we're going to get to their offensive line, obviously, the Joe Moore Award-winning offensive line for Washington. But Rosengarten hadn't given up a sack all season at the right tackle position for Washington. And their uh, Fawotanu, the other le uh, tackle, the left tackle, he's only allowed two sacks. He's a third-team All-American. Those guys are pretty damn good. And Coach Kenan DeBoer says he's giving them fits in practice, right? They can't even handle this guy in practice. Had double-digit sacks, double-digit tackles for loss uh, at Sioux Falls a year ago, but hasn't been cleared until this game. I could see a NASCAR package, guys. If Texas is in third and long, second and long situations, predictable pass situations where they put Durfee in there at one end, and, of course, you got to worry about Braylon Trice, who's one of the best pass rushers in the country. Right. And then the other defensive end they have, who I think is uh, Fatui is his name, they could throw him in there and have three defensive ends essentially in a NASCAR package if Texas is in a predictable passing situation. The key is you want to stay out of those types of situations. I was going to say yeah. Steve Sarkeesian likes to call likes to say the best third down is when you don't make it to third down, yeah. right? <laughs> you just keep going on first and second. Uh, you mentioned that, Coach and Rod, and one of the things that, that I immediately thought of is something that C.J. Vogel brought up 
other than Trice, they really have not gotten the, the the Washington defensive front has not gotten a lot of pressure from its front four. No. Uh, other than Trice, he said that uh, CJ came up with a stat that Trice had more pressures than the rest of the the entire defensive front combined. Yeah, and that's just an, an amazing stat when you think about it. Uh, you know, my my question though, Coach Shipley and Rod to y'all when you talk about the the Texas offensive front versus that defensive line. It, it felt like last year, you said it, Coach Shipley, they were – Texas couldn't move anybody. Now, was that because it was Keelan Robinson and Jonathan Brooks, or was it because of the offensive line? I mean, what, what has fundamentally changed this year with the Texas offensive line versus what we saw last year? What do you think that is, Coach? Well, I think, uh, I think we've grown up. You know, I think we've had another year of development. I think uh, you know we've had we've had some success this year, um, and and honestly, I mean you know I I don't I don't know a lot about the Pac-12, but I know in terms of you know they they've obviously been been facing a lot of really good offensive uh, passing teams, you know, and so I don't know that uh, that they've seen the kind of running game that we're going to throw at them uh, this year, and I think you know through through our games uh, you know this year I've just seen us progress. Uh, and just just gel and just get more confident. And then we've got, you know, we've got, a, uh, I guess, our third starting running back of the year who started out the year as a starter. Um, but I think, uh, you know, I, I think we're a lot better than we were last year at this time. And I don't know, uh, Rod's a stat guy. He probably knows how many returners they have on that defensive front. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't look that up before we came on, but um, I think we're uh, light years ahead of where we were Last time. And, and, I, and I also think that, you know, Keelan started last year running back in that bowl game. And I don't know that he had his strength was what we needed at that time. You know, his, his strength is on the edge, you know, and, mm -hmm. and getting him in open space. And and we're going to need to pound it, you know, a few times uh, inside to try to open that thing up. So uh, I think we're a lot better than we were last year at this time. Got it. Yeah. I, I, hey, uh, Rod, I'm going to go to you next and, and ask you uh, the same question. Like, what is the the matchup for the Texas offense that you think is key uh, for the Longhorns on on, on Monday? Uh, yeah, I think, honestly, it could come down to the rushing defense of Washington versus the rushing offense for Texas. I mean, one of the areas where Texas underperformed last season and coaches brought it up was the run game. Like they had injuries, right? No Bijan, no Rojo. Um, it was also the injuries to Jonathan Brooks. He was, so I think he was on a bit of a pitch count there. Uh, Keelan Robinson ended up being the uh, focal point of the running game, kind of the, the, the workhorse running back for them. And that's really not his role. He's really more of a complimentary guy in the running game. Uh, so Texas lost their way in the running game. Average less than three yards per carry. It really was, I mean, it was a non-factor, uh, and they were dumb. It was a, whole, a lopsided uh, advantage for Washington the running game, over 150 yards for them in the running game, five and a half yards per carry. One of the best <laughs> ways to keep that prolific passing offense for Washington off the field is to maintain the football, keep the football, and convert, all right? Long, sustained drives. You do that, 
with the running game. You're going to need the running game to do that. I do believe Texas should start out with the passing game. I think Sark will. Uh, the weakest, you know, kind of defensive down for Washington is first down, early downs, best passing downs for Texas uh, in terms of uh, efficiency have been first and second down. I think they'll open up with high percentage passes early on, but you're going to need the running game to sustain those long drives. And that's the strength of one of the strengths of the Washington defense. They're actually one of the better rushing defenses in the Pac-12, around top 40 in the country. They can make some plays there, but we have to Texas to be able to control the game, control the ball with the running game. I don't think they're going to be able to – I don't think that's how they're going to move the ball necessarily, but I do think to be able to control the game, long sustained drives, keeping the Washington offense off the field, most importantly, you definitely going to need that running game. Do you, do you think that – I want to ask both of you guys this. Do you think C.J. Baxter is that guy for Texas, or do you think it's a guy maybe a little bit like uh, Jaden Blue who can hit it up inside a little bit but still has that speed to the edge? Or something totally different, Rod, and I know you're a big fan of this, a two-running back package. Because Sark has had a lot of success, as you've documented. I mean, what what is the – what's the formula there? Is it a little bit of all of that? Maybe. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's really the, the answer, right? I, I think it's got to be variety. I, I think Sark said his best uh, when his offenses have variety, when they have diversity in personnels and, and personnel packages, formations. Guys, last season at Alamo Bowl, he didn't use any two tailback sets. Not at all. Now he, he probably claims that, you know, post Bijan and Rojo, maybe they wouldn't be as effective. But you guys know I've documented they are as effective, not more effective in pony packages, two tailback sets without Bijan and Rojo. Uh, but Jonathan Brooks, maybe the injury to him, uh, that Jaden Blue didn't pay at all and play at all. So there were new to no two tailback sets in that game at all last season. And also no six O-line packages. I'm um, talking about giving Quinn maybe some extra time to hit shots downfield. No extra line package, no big 11 or big 12. Uh, you know, I, I think that was a mistake by Sark. I think it limits his offense, uh, offensive uh, innovation and creativity. I think he likes more personnel groupings, more formations. So I'd be a little surprised. And, and, and the reason that six line package would have been great last year, guys, think about all the great defensive ends Texas faced last year, right? Um, they faced Will McDonald, first round uh, pick out of Iowa State. First, Will Anderson, another first round pick. First, Felix Inudike Uzoma, another first round pick, right? They faced, uh, well, well, the Texas Tech kid. Then they faced him too. He was a yeah, player, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Four first yeah. round, first round defensive ends they played. And none of those guys went off in terms of uh, being prolific pass rushers in that game, making a lot of splash plays. Braylon Trice had two tackles for loss and two sacks in that game versus Texas. He probably performed as well as any of those first-round defensive ends Texas played, all right, last season when he played him in the Alamo Bowl. They will, and they better have a plan for him. I think one of the ways to do it, throw another damn offensive lineman out there at him in a Big 12 or Big 11 package, force him to run around that guy. Because, he, as you point out, Bobby, and CJ pointed out astutely with his uh, stats, and, you know, really kind of the just the prolific nature of Braylon Trice as a pass rusher. He's the only one they got. The rest of those guys, they're average to, you know, even below average pass rushers. He's elite, but he's the only one they got. They cannot allow him to be the guy that goes off again like he did in the Alamo Bowl last season. Interesting. Good stuff, Rod. I, I tell you, you know, Coach and, and Rod, the one that the, the area that I go to on offense that I that I point to is the receivers a year ago in this game against uh, Washington, Texas didn't really have 
that number two receiver like Adonai Mitchell. Jordan Whittington was in that role, but it was really kind of, it was an awkward fit because he wasn't that downfield threat, right? Yeah. And then you had Xavier Worthy who dropped a touchdown pass, right? And, you know, we know he was injured now in retrospect, but, you know, I feel like how Washington really tries to match up with those guys yeah. could be the key because I do think that, that Quinn's probably going to get enough time uh, to throw the football. I don't know if they're going to be successful running it as well as we would hope. I, you know, you just don't, you don't know that, but I do think Texas can do some damage in the passing game. If they just give Quinn enough time, I think, I think that the, they will be open, whether that's Mitchell or worthy or Whittington or either of the tight ends, JT Sanders uh, and Gunnar Helm. I, I feel like, you know, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, try to overstate it. It's just Texas is so different at receiver today than they were a year ago. Coach, what, what, what do you think about that? Well, I think that uh, Xavier is, has really come on this year and has proven that, you know, he's he's going to develop as a receiver, and he's done uh, really re – I mean, he's always been flashy. We know that. He's always had great speed. Uh, his hands a, – a year ago, I would say, uh, he had difficult adjusting, tracking the ball and adjusting. You know, those great receivers know – how to keep that DB in check and, and, you know, slow down and, you know, keep the ball in front of them so that the DB would have to go through them to get to the ball. He, he hasn't done that. He didn't do that well last year. He's doing it. He's doing it better this year. And one of the things that Rod and I talked about on, on a football theory or theory uh, last week was the fact that it seems lately Sark has been going to more of a two tight end set. And so uh, instead of a two back set, he's been using Gunner Helms a lot more with Sanders. And so, Rod, uh, to kind of dovetail what you were talking about, I feel like that that's a, that's an opportunity maybe to keep one of those guys in to help, you know, with Trice, uh, you know, with 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 our pass protection, possibly. Yep, I agree with that 100 percent. And, you know, to, to add to that, what you're talking about, by about the receivers, I don't think they have an answer for JT Sanders. I don't. I, I I think, you know, this being a defensive back, they have arguably the best wide receiving core in all of college football. They got three studs. They're all NFL players. Romo Dunze will be a first round pick. I saw Daniel Jeremiah say out of all the wide receivers in this draft, he's his favorite. Romo Dunze is Darren Jeremiah's favorite wide receiver in this draft. Not even Marvin Harrison Jr., which it seems to be everybody's favorite. So he's a stud. He's a dude. Um, these DBs, they see those guys in practice. They see them. They, they, I mean, they've, they've seen elite quarterback play in practice. They've seen, you know, elite receivers, elite passing offenses. I mean, I want to say that Washington's faced with four of the top 11 passing offenses in the country. Uh, they see elite wide receivers every day in practice because Jalen McMillan, Jalen Polk, Romo Dunze, they don't, nobody really sees a, a tight end like JT Sanders. Man. You just don't, you know, you don't see a, a tight end that can move like that. And you were like, oh, put a linebacker on him. Well, good luck with that. Right, unless your safety can really cover good luck with that, or even allowing him to catch the football and thinking, I'm gonna tackle him in space. He's always a little stronger, a little faster than I think he looks on film. I, I think I'm with you, Bobby. Out of all the matchup advantage, and I, I like the wide receiving corner. You're right about AD Mitchell. I mean, you got to pick your point. You can't double X Man and AD. Uh, Jay Witt's almost guaranteed man to man coverage in every game you play, no matter who are you going up against, because you can't waste personnel double teaming and bracketing a guy like that. But JT Sanders, 
that to me, I think he's the matchup nightmare. You're gonna put a safety on him, or you're gonna put a linebacker on him. Either way, um, I think he ends up getting the the advantage there. Right. So I'm with you. The receiving core is all considering him. I don't think they've seen a tight end like him. And Oregon used their tight ends pretty good against them. And I think their uh, that pass defense, uh, out of all the DBs and of all the I'd say the matchups that I think Texas could lean on early on. JT Sanders is one I like. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Let, let's go to defense. Uh, and that's the Texas defense against uh, the Washington offense. Rod, I'm going to start with you. And the reason why is because you're a DB at heart. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that that has been, you know, ever since this, this matchup was announced, essentially, people said, okay, Washington's going to attack the Texas secondary. Yep. Is that a key, in your opinion, to, to Texas coming out on top in this game, mitigating Washington's packs, passing attack? You're not going to stop it entirely, probably. No, but, um, you know, considering how good Texas rush defense has been, um, stopping the traditional running game, just handing off to the running back, I do think it seems inevitable that Washington is going to have to lean heavily on their passing game and their passing offense. And, by the way, they're fine with it. Even, honestly, Kalen DeBoer strikes me as the kind of guy who's who's only really using the running game to balance out and complement the passing game um, that he, he would rather throw the football. I think in November, they're 55% pass rate. So, you know, they want to throw the football and they got a really good quarterback to do so. The problem with Texas is they don't have coverage specialists at the safety position. I actually trust the corners may be okay holding up. And I know people are like, that's crazy. The corners actually have been decent in coverage, and they've been even better lately when PKs let them be aggressive. In the Tech game, in the Oklahoma State game, they took away a lot of easy completions, inside breaking routes, uh, the you know targets to bunch formation. They took away some of those easy completions, and it was arguably the best pass defensive performance we've seen of the season. Here is the, the kind of the big butt there, right, <laughs> that I always throw it in, the Kim kardashian size butts. When they do play a lot of press coverage and they get more aggressive on the outside, you saw Oklahoma State take them up top, take deep shots, uh, the out and up, the hitch and goes, and they were relatively successful, three of seven on passes 20 yards or more down the field. And that's what concerns, I think, everyone most about this matchup is because there is not a better vertically-centric offense in all of college football than Washington. They complete 40% of their passes, 20 yards or more down the field, three NFL wideouts. We said Romo Dunze, this guy is about 6'3", or at least close to it. He's the best contested catch receiver in the country. He, he, he catches 70%. He catches 70% of his contested targets, which means 50-50 balls literally turn into 70-30 balls with this dude. Leads the country in contested catches with 17 of them. He'll just throw it up to that guy if he's in man-to-man coverage, and oftentimes he wins. Now, he does take a lot of chances. As my man CJ mentioned, he's got nine interceptions, six of those when he's targeting Romo Dunze. Why? Because, hey, man, that's my guy. (laughs) And I trust my guy over your guy any day, all day, every day, and twice on Sunday. So that, to me, I think is going to be the real question. Can Texas hold up when they are aggressive? Can they hold up defending the deep shots? When they're not aggressive, Texas will defend the deep shots pretty well. They did that last year. Guys, Washington only completed one deep ball last year. It was the first play of the game. It was a flea flicker. That was the only 20-plus yard pass they completed the whole game. They were 1 of 10 on deep shots. They held Michael Penix to his lowest yards per attempt in the last two years. They actually held him to under 60% completion percentage. It was his longest incompletion streak of the season. Guys, that was a really good pass defense game plan for PK. Problem is, they couldn't stop the run with a light box. This year, however, I think they can. 
because they got a better rush defense. So the key will be, can Texas hold up defending the deep shots, much like they did last season, but this season when they get aggressive, will they, when, when they decide to go up top over Texas when they play bump and run, can Texas hold up? And I think the second part of that is money down. So Texas lost last year because Penix and the wide receivers were excellent on money downs, converting money downs. A lot of those guys, when they were targeting inside breaking routes, and targets to closely clustered groups of receivers, bunch formations. They converted over 50% of their third downs and fourth downs when they targeted inside breaking routes. They 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 converted over 80% of their targets to bunch on money for money downs when they were targeting bunch formations. So that's going to be the key. That's been something that's been plaguing Texas all season long. They, they were successful uh, converting it last year using those concepts. Texas has struggled versus those concepts this year. So there's no doubt that Washington will break out targets to bunch. They will break out inside breaking routes, and they're going to throw the deep ball against Texas early and often. And, yes, they're coming after your safeties. That will be the first thing they do. <laughs> I want to I add this. I'm going to let Coach comment. But one thing that Pete Kwiatkowski said on Thursday uh, that I thought was interesting, guys, he talked about how later in the year – they changed some of the DB's leverage mm-hmm. um, late in the year. And, yeah. Rob, that was something you, you had brought up that was a, a key to some, some things that were happening in the secondary, in your opinion. He said they changed some of that mid-year or almost later in the year and as a result of it. The other thing you said, and this is where I want to get co- Coach's take on it because I know this is where he's going. Uh, you talked about the, the importance of a light box. Yeah. Uh, and that, that means, obviously, stopping the run. Coach, you wanted to talk about the Texas defensive line against the Washington offensive line, I think, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I do. And I I really feel like Rod is hit the nail on the head when he's talking about, you know, a light box. In other words, can we afford to take a guy out of the box to help our corners over the top Mm -hmm. and still stop the run? You know, that that's that uh, Rod and I were talking about that earlier. That's 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 a that's a game plan in and of itself. Okay, can mm-hmm. you do that? Okay, if we could do that, here's our game plan. If we can't do that, it changes my game plan, yep. you know, because we're not going to have help over the top, you know. And I promise you, you know, every defensive coordinator, you know, they're going to stop the run. That's They're going to do everything they can to stop the run. Nobody wants to get beat with the opponent running the ball up and down the field. But uh, that's that. That's how I see it. Now, uh, a lot a key to that is going to be, you know, you've got – You've got a offensive line that won the Joe Moore Award. I mean, you know, the top yeah. offensive line in the country. And then, obviously, on the other side, you know, we've got the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, who was a defensive lineman. <laughs> and then we have another defensive lineman who was Big 12 Defensive Lineman of the Year. So that's stout. I don't, I can't imagine that's ever happened. Uh, it, it may have happened somewhere, sometime, but man, that's 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 some clout yeah. right there. So. Yeah. That's a, that's a, going to be a, a great matchup. I don't know if it's going to be the end all matchup, but it's going to be incredibly important. You know how how well our defense can hold up, main, mainly to stop the run. I think we'll see. I think we're going to see some different pressure packages we haven't seen mm-hmm. yet. You want to keep Penix guessing. You want to keep him, uh, you know, on the run, and he's not as effective when he's doing that. You sure don't want to give him time. Uh, the thing that worries me that Rod and I have talked about on our theory show is the fact that, you know, they get in bunch sets, reduced yeah. formations, mm-hmm. and that gives, the, you know, those aren't going to be long developing pass plays. It's going to be quick passes, but it, it 
it pretty much is is taking our blitzing out. You know, if if, if you've got a blitz call, then all of a sudden you see them, they, they're in, you know, a tight trips bunch. That changes your coverage. You can't stay in the same coverage that you were in. And so I, I see that as being something that, that we're going to have to do a good job of adjusting to. Let me yeah. ask you guys. Go ahead, Rod. If you had well, I want to know that y'all hear what Michael Penick said about Texas defensive line, the comment that he made. He, this guy's confident, man. You said it, Coach. He got that dog in him. He got he's it. Starting, he's, that got dog it. Starting, he's starting to bark a little bit now. It's yeah. what he said. He was asked about uh, do the Texas defensive front look much different from the bowl game you guys played against them last year. Um, and he said, quote, <laughs> um, basically, I'm not going to lie. Their D-line is good. But at the same time, they haven't played our O-line. So they showed a lot of great things throughout the year. The whole defense, they do a great job. He said, I like their coach. They do a great job. He said, and they definitely play, what's the word? They play good ball, man. But I wouldn't say we're playing like, they're not playing the, we're not playing the 49ers D-line or the Eagles D-line. So we'll be good. <laughs> he, said, he said, he went on to say, they had some good D-linemen last year. One or two might have left. They were good last year too. They usually have big boys over there on that side that can make plays, but I don't know. It's different seeing them on film and being in the game. You see it on film, but at the same time, you're watching the game against Texas Tech, K-State, all the teams they play, and I don't feel like those teams have the offensive line that we have. So it's like we'll have to see when it comes game day. I'm not going to discredit their talent. They've got talent, but it will be different when we play them. It's always going to be different depending on the team. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Well, at least his memory's coming back. Hey. The first time they asked him about anything, he just said, I don't remember. I just know we won. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that Joe Moore award, though, that Joe Moore award got him feeling this kind of way, because they're confident. Yeah, man. They're confident now. Hey, I've got I've to say this. I, I love that kind of. You're right. He's got some dog in him. We, mm -hmm. we all like to see competitors, no matter who they're who or where they're from, right? I mean, I think that's part Absolutely. of what you like about football in general. Um, you see a lot of that come out in people. The the question that 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 the thing I'm asking is a little bit different in that the light box versus the can Texas get pressure? And that's coach, right. you mentioned this just now. They're gonna come up with different packages to try to pressure him. Can Texas get it? I mean. Last year, they couldn't get to the quarterback. This year, they're getting to the quarterback. Um, has Texas improved with the addition of an Ethan Burke, with the play of a, an addition of a guy like Anthony Hill, who at least, you know, he changes some 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 things for the offensive line to worry about, right? Yeah. Is that is that, to me, that seems like it could be the secret sauce. If Texas can get pressure either up the middle or on the edge, more routinely than they did a year ago, it might change things in this game. Because Penix did throw off his back foot a little bit last year. Oh, I like yeah. that. Yeah. You know, and so has Texas appreciably changed their pass rush enough to make a, a bigger difference in this game? That 
I think that's one of the keys. Can Texas not necessarily get there, but affecting? Yeah. Let, well, let me say this. I know that having all this time to prepare for this game, we're not just going to just start throwing some random blitzes. Every every blitz that we're going to – every pressure package we're going to throw at him has been gone over from every possible scenario. And they've gone and, – and, and you know that our staff has talked with, with staffs that they're friends with, you know, uh, out, out on the West Coast and – you know, looked at film, looked at every lineman's weakness, every, you know, all their protection packages. And, you know, we, we've dialed up some 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 pretty good packages that, that offenses didn't have an answer for. Now, we didn't always have a great angle. You know, we had some guys coming wide, you know, just, just scot-free. And we didn't have the right angle, maybe. But um, I think we can. I think we can. If it, now, how much we can do it, I don't know. But I think you'll see us dial up some things that they haven't seen yet, haven't seen from us. And I don't think we're just dialing up stuff just to dial it up. It's stuff they feel really good about being successful with. Yep, he's right. I mean, that the, sec the secondary doesn't stand a chance, guys, if they don't get some type of pressure on Penix. Last game in the Alamo Bowl, they only had eight quarterback hurries, zero sacks, zero takedowns, zero hits. I mean, he, he was erratic, but they didn't hit him enough. They didn't hit him enough. They didn't knock him down enough. I think in this game, you got to rattle his cage just a little bit. He was too clean. That jersey's got to get dirty. He's got to get on. You got to knock him on the ground a few times. Um, that's something they did not do last time they faced him. All right. I tell you what, we, we've talked a lot about this. Uh, the third phase of the game may be the most one that, that, that this comes down to. It could be a field goal at the end, right? Yep. Um, Burt Auburn, I'd put my money on him right now. Um, I think he's been steady all year. Is there is there a phase of the special teams that uh, either either one of you that that concerns you or gives you cause for uh, it, it gives you cause for positive thoughts around Texas right now? I mean, what what is that right now? All I want to say is this: we got number one back there returning those punts. I'm good. I'm good because you know those guys. When you got a guy back there who could take it to the house from anywhere on the field, and he's done it, and we may have had him called back, but he's proven that he can do it as well as anybody in the country. That just gives you more incentive to to, to get after it, yeah, it does. you know, and, and make sure that we're setting up a good wall or, or or we're blocking the way that we should be blocking on on the punt returns. To me, punt returns could be the key in the game. And, it, and, and I definitely give us uh, the advantage in terms of looking at special teams and especially punt returns, which is, you know, obviously in, in most games going to be the, you know, punt punt return or, or the two plays that you do mostly in, you know, in special teams. Yep. I'll just throw out there, I know you can get sloppy um, on special teams after a long break. I, I haven't watched all the bowl games, but I promise most of the bowl games I've watched, I've seen special teams like fails and special teams mistakes because I think it's – and even Chris Peterson brought this up in an interview that I listened to. Uh, he said that's one of the, the, the main lapses after a long uh, time off is in special teams because you can't practice those collision reps in practice. Coaches don't want to do it. They safeguard against that. So they'll they'll go through the reps of the, the the repetition of it, but you don't have those collision reps where guys are actually getting physical in special teams. And that's when, hey man, that's when you can make a lot of plays, punt blocks, uh, you get kickoff returns, punt returns for 
touchdowns because guys aren't used to, you know, having those real live physical reps of special teams because you just don't do that this late in the year. Um, that can be a huge advantage because Texas has some of the best return game. The coaches talk about the punt return. Keelan Robinson's great on the kickoff return. They're great yeah, in the return true. game. Um, so I, I'm with, I think Texas has an advantage in the special teams. I think they've had it most of the year, actually. Shout out to Jeff Banks. Not, yeah. not even to, not to mention our punt blocks. You exactly. Know? Mm-hmm. That that could be that could be a big play waiting to happen, and, and a lot of games turn on special teams. I, I think that that they need Burt Auburn to be perfect too. I, I'm just going to say that you can't miss a, a field goal that would put you up by by ten instead of just staying at seven. Right? You gotta to you gotta hope that that that's what comes out the best. All right. Let, let's 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 get it down. We talked enough here a little bit. I I want to talk to you guys about what you think the score of this game and make your final prediction here uh, as we go into Monday and uh, talk to you guys about what y'all really think this is going to come out to. I'm going to give mine first, uh, and that way you guys can riff and take it from here. I'm going. Okay, this is what this go. is what the winner gets. Hey, hey, hey I'll take it, baby. <laughs> hey, now, I'm taking, taking my taking myself out of it. The winner of you two gets okay. You'll both get one. All right. That's what I'm saying, but, Coach. I want one yeah. too, man. Hey, hey, I'll wear it. You know, Coach. You know I love hats. You know I love hats, my man. All right, all right. I've been waiting on this, Bobby. What you got? All right, thirty-three, thirty, Texas. I think it's going to come down to a final. Uh, it's either going to come down to a final stand or a Bert Auburn field goal, and then they're going to have to hold on. I. There's something about this Texas team that makes me think that they've got the resiliency within them. They've got enough playmakers and the playmakers are starting to make plays on a regular basis. That's what happened really from Iowa state on. I felt like the playmakers made plays when it mattered. I might go back to AD Mitchell's catch against TCU. Those kind of plays don't just happen. It, they're, they're, I mean, Quinn Ewers made a perfect throw. Don't get me wrong. Steve Sarkeesian had to have the confidence to make that call, right? Yep. Um, it, it's just been – it's been every time, except for the Oklahoma game, every time this year when there's been an issue that they, that someone needed to step up, whether it was Tavondre Sweat batting the ball down on a, a pop pass or Byron Murphy bull rushing his way to the quarterback on that fourth down, against Kansas State when, I mean, all probability, Texas loses that game. They had first and goal from the, what, five yeah. against Kansas State and still won. Um, I just think, I think Texas is a little bit of a team of destiny right now. And I I don't think, you know, and, and I will say this, this year was a redemption tour of sorts, right? It would be interesting if they ended it with a redemption against Washington yeah. as well. Uh, they beat, they went and beat Alabama at Alabama. That was a, redeeming win they went up to tcu and beat tcu at tcu uh i think that that uh i'm going 33 30 texas coach rod uh mark that down coach so i can get that shipley ring i'm writing it right now i'm writing it right now rod what do you got what do you got Um, man i'm pretty close to you i i think the defense is actually early on the game are going to show up I think it, the, the nerves for the offenses, I think they after such a long layoff, may take them a while to work out the kinks. But I do think it's going to end up being a game uh, that it kind of resembles a shootout 
um, toward the second half of it. I got 36-33. I got Texas winning, of course. I ain't picking against Texas first time in the playoff. But I will say I do think the last team to get the ball is going to have a huge advantage in this game. Um, and I'm hoping that's Texas. But even if they're not, Bobby just brought up a great point. We've seen multiple defensive stands, all right, to win games, all right, game-winning defensive stands with Texas. Against U of H, we saw one. Against K-State, uh, we saw one. So I know the defense can show up and have that game-winning stand. I, I brought this up earlier with Coach. I will say for Quinn, we know that it's in him. I do think he's got that it quality, um, that, that you know, that clutch gene in him. But we haven't seen him have to, con- you know, uh, be a- conduct a lot of, game-winning drives like he hasn't had to orchestrate a lot of game-winning drives. i think he's got one maybe in his career michael pennick's got five of them suckers five game-winning drives two of them this season if it comes down to him getting the ball late that's gonna make i'm probably gonna have the bubble guts a little bit uh if it's a game-winning drive scenario but i trust the defense to show up i'm gonna go 36 what i say 36 33 or 36 36 33 i'll go texas all right all right well i'm going with I'm going with the over. I'm going 41-34. Ooh, I like it. 41-34. Okay. We're going to see two field goals for both both teams. Yeah. Why 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 so high, coach? Why why I think so well, I think uh I think Sark having a month to get ready for this game. I think he's going to have some stuff uh you know to pull out of his hat that's going to get us going early i'm hoping uh you know rod and i talked on theory about how huge momentum is you know and once we get some momentum man we can you know it seems like we're almost playing against air sometimes you know yeah just so i i really think that sark having this much time is going to throw some stuff out with some schemes that we haven't seen yet Certainly, Washington hasn't seen, and uh, and I, you know, you know, we talked with with the offensive line and Penix and you know the, the receivers, the guys they have, they're, you know, they're going they're going to score. I, I, you know, we're all in the in the ballpark 30, 33, 34 mm-hmm. is what we pick, but uh, I just see us maybe scoring one more touchdown than y'all do. Yeah, Fair. well, I, I'd be okay with that score too, Coach. Just for the record, I like I like <laughs> touchdowns. My wife, my wife used to say, "You know what? Every time we ran this trick, every time we ran this trick play, it worked. We scored." She and she would say, "Well, why don't you run it every every play? It scores every time. Run it every time. They can never stop you." Okay, honey, it doesn't quite work like that. But. That's how analytics work, right, Coach? <laughs> That's great stuff. All right, uh, all three of us picked Texas, uh, and uh, you know what? Uh, Longhorns on Monday have a big game ahead of them. Uh, I think it's going to be a pro-Texas crowd. I really do believe that. I'm down here in New Orleans, and there's already a lot of Texas fans here uh, getting ready to go. So uh, we'll see if that actually impacts the game as well. You never know. Uh, Playing on turf, maybe that impacts. I mean, there's so many different variables that we could go on and on about. Uh, But that's going to do it for uh, today. Uh, This is going to be On Texas Football, our prediction show. uh, For Rod Babers and Bob Shipley, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, Thanks for watching. And you know what? On Monday... Let's hook them. Hook them. Let's do it, baby.